welcome back to That Rugby Podcast, hosted by the Sports G'day. Booth. G'day. Myself and Hughesy. Hello. We come back a bit numb after the weekends. Yeah. Like, a, a, a bitter loss for you. We were talking just pre-show, folks, for, I mean, obviously none of you have been listening in uh, <laughs> because we weren't recording then, but it's just, I think, and maybe this can be the episode title, like, I don't know, I, I, usually you're in charge of the creative decisions like that, but the, the year summed up for the Wallabies can be can be summed up in one word, and that is frustration. Frustration, Frustration, because yeah. uh, all of the games we've played this year that we've lost, bar one, have been close games, right? Which... Uh, and even a lot of the victories have been narrow victories yes. as well. So it's just, it's so, if you just took all of the results, right, and uh, you take all of the one score games that the Wallabies have lost this year, or it, all, all of the results that have been by one score, and you flip them around, it's a much better season for the Wallabies. Yeah. Um, but, and, it, you know, it's hard to take heart from that, though, because it's like you should you should still be winning those. But you also look then at, and, and I know we're going to talk about this later, about all the players the Wallabies are missing, both um, self-inflicted and not. And you just think, like, I'm glad this isn't the World Cup year, because if this was the World Cup year and this was the results we're getting out of the World Cup, I'd be bitterly, bitterly disappointed. But at the moment, I'm just frustrated, yeah. you know? And it's like... The Wallabies could be one of the best teams in the world right now, and world rugby is very, very close at the moment. Uh, and and Wallabies could be near the top of the pack there, but they just seem to find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. They do. And talking about snatching defeat or maybe a draw away yeah. from the jaws of victory, I watched seventy-two minutes of really good rugby from mm-hmm. my All Blacks just to be frustrated as we. I guess, let go. Yeah. And then to be even more frustrated, although understandably frustrated, and we'll get onto this when we do talk about the All Blacks game, about the ending. Yeah. But it was it was a frustrating weekend of rugby for proud rugby nations. Yeah. If you, if you know what I mean. You've got... There's always the there's always the, the classic comparison whenever you get a draw in sports, and they, I hear it a lot from American sports, where it's oh, like you're kissing... Your kissing cousin. your sister. Or kissing nah, your sister kissing or your kissing your cousin. Oh, well, I've never heard the cousin Well, one. either way. Or maybe that's more American. But yeah, kissing your sister, it's like... You don't hate it, but you're, you're a bit weird if you like that's it. it. Yeah. yeah. If you enjoy draw, yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you enjoy it, you're a bit weird, but yeah. you, you don't hate it, because it's your sister, like, you know. But it's like... It's a woman, it's, but it... But it's your sister. Yeah. It, so it's one of those ones where it's a multitude of confused feelings. So uh, at least with with a loss, I can I can feel anger from it. Mm. You know, with a draw, it's like, how, what do you even feel for that? Yeah, and a draw, and a draw in the fashion that they drew. Should we? We'll get onto that All Blacks game yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah, go for it. I uh, set my alarm for four fifty in the morning. The game kicked off at four thirty. Mm-hmm. Chucked on Stan Sport and started from the start and just slowly caught up. And off to a flyer of a start, the All Blacks. 14-0. Mm-hmm. Just about made it 21-0, except for a, a, a penalty. And that'll be what you hear from me most of this recap is penalty. Yep. 29 penalties in the game. Penalty every three minutes. If we say that the ball's in play for 30 minutes, we're having a penalty every minute just yeah. about. Um, so it was ridiculous. Uh, but saying that, the All Blacks defensively played really well for 71, mm-hmm. 72 minutes. 
and then it was like the English got shot out of a cannon for the last 10 minutes. I don't know what happened to them. I don't know where it came from because they hadn't looked like doing it all game and yeah. scored some fantastic points. Came back really well. Uh, you've got to give it credit to them. Mm. Uh, I was about to, pre that 71st minute try, I would have said that that was the All Blacks' best performance of the year. They score a try. Bowden Barrett gets rightly yellow carded. England come back. Last score a try and pretty much convert with just about the last play of the game. The kickoff happens. England take the kickoff. England kick the ball out. Leaving it a 25 all yep. draw. Now, two things came from this. A, England had all the momentum and were a player up because we were still player down. So you go, surely you go for the win. The second thing that I say from this is your friend, what was his name? I don't even know, the French referee. Uh, yeah, we don't speak his name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had blown 29 penalties in that game. Mm-hmm. It took one little mistake from the English to blow a penalty and lose that game. So I understand it from an English point of view, but it's also a test match. It's not like this is a World Cup final. I feel like maybe England should have given it a go. I reckon they'll look back and Marcus Smith would probably like his time over. Yeah. But I do understand where he's coming from. 29 penalties in yeah. the game. And I think as well, I always look at it in the context of um, player safety as well, right? It's a, it's a, it's a quote-unquote friendly match. It's an it's a exhibition match. There's, you don't win or lose anything by winning or losing the game other than pride and international rankings, right? And a bit of history, yeah. A bit of history. And you're, <clears throat> you're uh, less than 12 months out from a World Cup. You Last thing you want, which is what happened in the Australia-Ireland game, is for a key player to suffer an injury uh, and who might not be available in time for the World Cup. So there's that logic to it as well. And that's a very European way of looking at it as yep. well. Is And I think it draws a very European thing um, yes. as well. Uh, they get them all the time in uh, football. So they've come to love with it. They they yeah. enjoy kissing their sister is basically what you're saying. England is the Alabama of, uh, <laughs> of Europe. Uh, oh, my cousin's looking good. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, they're ready. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I understand it. And, yeah, when there's so many penalties being given away like that, it's hard. But I guess you also see then... Uh, the flip side of that in the Australia-Ireland game, um, where, just for a, a brief recap at the end of the game, um, Ireland's up 13-10. Australia gets a penalty at the 78th minute in a position where you could kick a, a penalty goal, but instead they kick for a line-out and attempt to go for uh, the win, which I really liked. I'm a big fan yes. of, of that call, especially when it is, again, this is a game that doesn't mean anything. You may as well learn what you've got in your players and also... Uh, if you if you lose, big whoop. Whereas if it's like a World Cup, I'd rather them kick the penalty, level it up, and then play for extra time. And hundred percent, you're right on point with what have they learned from kicking that out? Yeah. Well, they learned two things: a, Jake Gordon shouldn't enter into a mall no. again, <laughs> and b, that was the, like the end result there. So say they score a try in twelve months' time when they're playing Ireland in a World Cup semi final. Yeah. They go, well, we we can remember back to that. So we'll kick the penalty and we'll back ourselves to be able to do this. Yeah. Saying Jake Gordon shouldn't enter a mall again, like the New Zealand game, that 
is a penalty. I get it. That's by the book. It's a yep. penalty. It's such a shit penalty. Yep. It is such a shit penalty. And I think is it Morgan Tuanui who's the the commentator hit, yep. hit the nail on the head. Factually, he's correct. In the same with the ref and the All Blacks versus the English game, ninety five percent of his calls factually were correct. Like mm. I don't think he really put a foot wrong with twenty nine penalties. Like yep. it weren't like there was any bad calls in there. There weren't any calls where I was like, "That's wrong." He just literally ref rugby to the letter of the law. And that's the problem. And this is the problem. This is what I kind of wanted to get deeper into is I don't think so much we've got a refereeing problem where we've got a rule problem where it's like that mall there where Jake Gordon enters in from the side Mm -hmm. is just, again, another point where it goes, what do we, like, we've stopped play because of that. Yeah. The amount of times I see a scrum go down and the ball's there to be played and we give a penalty, I go... Why are we stopping play? We've got the yeah. opportunity to keep play going. Like, it's just, it's to me, it's we're getting caught up in so many just pedantic rules. We said sort of a similar thing when the Australia vs All Blacks game happened. It's not that the referee was necessarily incorrect in, in calling that, but it was also that that's never been called before kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, yes, that's a rule, but why is that a rule? Um and then why is he only calling it now? And yeah, I don't know. If, uh, maybe referees lately have been given uh, instructions for World Rugby that we just need to, you need to just be harsher on all infringements, mm. right? Just get, just really teach them to play to the letter of the law. Uh, but, uh, and I get there's initiatives out there about player safety and things like that. And I'm a big advocate for that. But that's not all of these penalties can be attributed to a uh, heightened increase on player, player safety and well being. And yeah, Ne- they need a good look at themselves uh, to to speed the game up and to make it watchable again because, uh, look, Rugby League just had an amazing Rugby League World Cup, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the, the finals series, okay? Uh, and that got international attention. When you have Dwayne The Rock Johnson <laughs> tweeting out in support of Samoa, right? You've got Tua Tonga-Vailoa from the NFL as well. You've got international stars, Right, advertising that game, that is a big for rugby league. That's yeah. very, very big, right? And so now a threat starts to to creep in. Yes, as well. It won't. I don't. Th- I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. But there is a threat now that this there, there's other forms of rugby that are more watchable that are creeping into the international game. What can we do to make to keep rugby union on top? Yeah. What can we do to to make the game entertaining? as well as safe, because you can do it. I firmly believe that you can do it. There is a balance that can be struck where we can't be content to sit where we are. Well, I sit there and I I watch that England game and I go, that was a shit game. Mm. It was a shit game of rugby. Not the fact that the draw happened. Like Even up to the 72nd minute before the All Blacks blew it, they played a good game, but it wasn't... It wasn't a good watch, you yeah. know. There was already a decent number of penalties before then. So many stoppages. It just wasn't a good watch. And I like what you said, like, rugby league got swept up in the Samoa run. Now, Samoa don't make that final. A lot of people aren't as swept up as, a, as they are. Um, however, the game's a better watch still. Yeah. Like, the game is a better watch. I still, I, that Kiwis versus Australia game was such a, and this is what, slightly, as much as I love, I love Samoa making the rugby league, what, World Cup final, uh, rugby rugby league World Cup final, but the World Cup final was played in the semi final, and this was the this is the issue I've got with rugby yeah. league is as great as Samoa are, it would take 
something special which they did in the semi-final to beat one of those two top three teams and it's going to keep taking something special for those runs but you'll have those fairy tale runs it's yeah. going to be harder for those fairy tale runs in a rugby world cup like i'll be really interested if a team does that and how we can get swept away in that but at the moment you're correct like you look at the two sports and you go none of those penalties that i'm discussing now have anything to do with like a lot of, a lot of them don't have to do with player safety yeah like there wasn't a, a massive incident i think there was one neck roll from rico arnie that call, they called back for a no try and other than that, it's there wasn't many incidents in the All Blacks game. All of these penalties were just letter of the law playing the game. And it's like, I get I get what they're trying to do. And I get World Rugby probably does crack down hard on these refs and go, you know, you're out there, we're watching your performance, we're breaking that down. And I think they wouldn't be able to say that the ref in the All Blacks game had a bad game but it was a shit watch because of the game he had as well. Yeah, and it's I, I don't I don't know where where it lies, where the consistency lies, and you can go to a point. I just feel I one day I'm going to have to step in the re- re- referee's shoes and ref a game of rugby because yeah. I don't know how. I just feel like I want a game to flow more. But what like what what's their job description? That's what I want to know from a referee. Yeah. What is a referee's job description? Is a referee there to Make sure the game flows, or a referee is there to manage the game within the letter of the law, a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, it's 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 one of those open discussions. I don't think we'll get any answer with soon, but if rugby wants to to hang about, it does need to to make some changes. Yeah, I think as well. Look at the Island Australia game, the rash of injuries that were in that game, and you know, sort of overall look at the injury run that Australia is on at the moment with players being injured. Right, there's a greater emphasis on player safety, but uh, and I th- and and I want to be very clear here, head injuries are very serious. And I say this as someone that has suffered multiple concussions as well. Not nearly as many as these professional players, but I know how they can mess you up. I was uh, 17 years old when I suffered a really bad concussion where I was knocked out for about five seconds. And uh, it affected me so badly that when I was conscious again, everything that was the color blue looked to me the color green. So the sky was green. My jersey was green. Like It really <laughs> knocked you about. So you can imagine what repeated head injuries do. So I want to make very clear first off the bat that head injuries are very serious. But I think there's also not enough attention being paid to the long-term effects of other injuries on these players' bodies. We see it... I, I take examples from the NFL where former NFL running backs can't walk anymore things like because they suffered so many lower body injuries and things like that as well. And I think about rugby players suffering the, the same uh, type of deal and all of the long-term injuries they suffer. We see, uh, you know, Joey Johns in the NRL... Right, he's got pain all through his body because of all the injuries he suffered and things like that as well. And I think those aren't focused on at the moment. Um, I think head injuries are the focus at the moment, which is important. And it's good that injuries in general are being pulled into the spotlight and the long-term um, health and safety of players. But I think we've also got to look at why are we seeing so many other injuries um, crop up uh, amongst players. And I think Australia is a combination of bad luck and also I think their strength and conditioning coaches well, they're not there anymore. They're getting a new one. So obviously there was something wrong going uh, going on in there as well. But there's also just injuries all over the shop as well with lots of teams. So uh, while I do feel rightly the head injuries are at the forefront, I think it's time we also look at other injuries, the long-term effects of these and how we can minimize other injuries uh, in our game as well. Because the, the attention you pull away from uh, headshots and stuff. I mean, people get hit in other areas. What's that doing to the safety of other areas and things like that? You know, just because you patch one hole doesn't mean you've stopped the leaking. Yeah, 100%. Yep. 
Uh, there was a couple other interesting results over the yes. weekend. One big one, the, the massive one. Georgia upset Wales in Wales. Yeah. Uh, historic result for them. Uh, and you would say if Italy hadn't probably beaten you guys, there would have been a lot of chat about getting Georgia into the Six Nations. Yeah. Now, Georgia have beaten Italy this year and Wales. So, again, we're at that point, as we One say it every... To- Eight nations, because South Africa want to be in there as well. Against we don't want to lose South Africa. Huh? We don't want to lose South Africa. I, I know. I'm just saying, but if South Africa want in. Then nah, make it seven nations. Don't seven don't nations. take South Africa. Bro. What would we do without South Africa? Have a tri nations of us, you, and Argentina. Pretty, that'd be pretty good. Nah, nah, nah. We can't. No, we can't it'd be afford, good. We can't afford to lose. Yeah, South it'd Africa, be. Now. It's it's always good to beat South Africa. But that's the thing. I, I don't mind. I think it's smart to take like for them to be in the domestic competition in yep. Europe. At, because the TV times and stuff better, but when you're only doing it for like the rugby championship, it's yeah. only four weeks of like you know decent travel. So I get it; it's a lot. It makes a lot more sense than all all time round. And I think season, if we if we were to pull Japan in as well, that's more TV revenue for. South I think Africa that'll be the the next maneuver. Video. I imagine. Uh, uh, I would imagine probably if you brought Japan in between Japan, South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, and Argentina. I'd imagine that's a pretty damn good revenue base to be compared with the Six Nations as well. Hundred percent, I think that that takes a, a step, and I would love so Japan. Japan is a monetary powerhouse in the rugby world. I would love so that to, to be the next step in the rugby championship, yeah, and then eventually down the line we add a Pacific team, yeah. And so they do uh, like a qualification tournament beforehand. Mm. So Samoa, Tonga, Fiji play, and like a freeway thing. Whoever finishes top of that. Goes into the rugby championship. The other two teams go and play in like the Pacific Nations Cup with All Blacks XV, Australia A. Yeah, it's a rough three way. Samoa and a Tongan and a Fiji. That'd uh, be it's nasty. That, imagine those games. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what I'd love like a tournament style, like they did the rugby championship when it was COVID, where you take that to one nation. So it yeah. goes to Tonga. And then you play the free games in Tonga within like a week of each other. Yeah. And it's just like, brutal like this you know show uh, that everyone can see oh, yeah. it would be amazing so I, I would love that for the rugby championship I think that would grow the game fantastically 100% um, the more international rugby the better yeah 100% totally agree uh, South Africa got a good win against Italy yeah. to, to bounce back I think they two tough losses um, Razzy obviously banned after we discussed them last week um, so You're yeah welcome. that'll be interesting <laughs> and then France had an unbeaten season uh, which you know is successful. Yeah, but I do want to hide it, highlight something just because I'm a salty All Blacks fan, uh, and I want to remind everyone about the All Blacks 2013 season where we went undefeated and actually uh, had to play some hard teams away from home. France this year have played Italy at home, played Ireland at home in the Six Nations, played England at home at the Six Nations, travelled to Japan for two major tests. Played Australia, South Africa, and Japan again at home. So who have they played away this season? Japan twice, Scotland and Wales. So no top five teams have yep. they played at home. Now, everyone's going to be like, oh, but they haven't lost for like yonks and they beat New Zealand. But you guys, like, if you had played a tough team at mid-year test, say they had played the likes of Australia, New Zealand, yep. South Africa, I would be like, yeah, right. And I don't want to take anything away from Japan but they travelled to Japan and beat Japan. Yeah. Uh, let's not get over, over. Let's not get overexcited by this French team that you know the Wallabies just about the bet. The South Africans without a red card probably beat. Like a lot of people were talking their chances of the Rugby World Cup. I still 
firmly believe an Ireland with Johnny Sexton, mm. an Ireland without Johnny Sexton doesn't look nearly as good, are the favourites. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to mention that as a salty uh, mm-hmm. All Blacks fan. Hughie, have you got a star of the week for us? Do I have a star of the week? Uh, look, I mean, overall, I think uh, the Georgian rugby team uh, oh, yeah. is is the star. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to to pick because, I mean, obviously, I'm Wallabies centric. I'm looking at the Wallabies game, um, but no, I actually have to say that this week, uh, and and I want to, I do want to highlight this. Um, that I think this week. It's hard to it's hard to pick a star, like it's hard to have a have a player that shone because I'm sort of still frustrated. Yeah, frustrated, <laughs> but also like I feel felt like the players didn't decide the games. I felt like a lot of the penalties decided the game. But if I had to pick a star this week, and this might shock some people, uh, I would I would pick probably Dave Rennie or whoever it was that decided to go for the try at the end of the Wallabies Island game uh, because. That was that was ballsy, and we don't typically see that from the Wallabies, at least not in recent times. No. Um, and I, if I had to pick an anti-star of the week, it'd be Jake Gordon and his more penalties, <laughs> uh, and they sort of cancel each other out, I guess. But yeah, I th- I feel like that decision making, and this is again, I know Dave Rennie lost the game, right? But again, I, this is why I don't want him fired before the World Cup. Yeah. Right, because I think. And again, it's, it's so it's so frustrating. All of our results are so close, like less than seven points. And uh, as well, Rennie is essentially engaged in a sword fight with a hand tied behind his back because of the fucking ghetto law, yeah. right? And, but he's also... Like, Go off know, on it. Go off on it. I mean, it. there's also, also these, <laughs> these uh, uh, spring tour tests right, their revenge tour, he's missing a bunch of his best players because of their um, international commitments as well, like uh, Marika Korobetti. Um, Karevi got injured from the Sevens and things like that as well. Um, you know, within this game, Hunter Paisami got injured, Tanayel Tupo got injured, Dave Parekhi got injured, you know, so on and so forth. You you can go back into previous games and see uh, all the other injuries there as well. So I feel like the fact that the Wallabies keep it so close is a good sign. I, th- I think Rennie is doing... Uh, a good job. I I just I don't know what it is that that they need to need to change because yeah yes they're giving away penalties and things like that but at the same time I, we we what we saw this week is that that's a that's a problem across rugby at the yeah moment with the England Ireland no game. team is immune to giving exactly. away penalties uh, the Wallabies just seem to do it in the in the dumb moments uh, yeah I don't know it's 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 I really want the Ghetto Law scrapped. More and more people are talking about it. Uh, we mentioned Morgan Turanui before. Uh, he was he was coming out and saying it should be gone as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you do. Like you look at the these international players, right? You know, like Will Skelton and uh, and Quade Cooper and and Karabedi and Karevi and all that. Um, Burn Foley as well. And I I look at them and they've all been pulled into the team at various times. I think okay, well if all of these players have been pulled in at the same time. Realistically, what would have been the difference to the domestic competition? Nothing. Like, what's that's the whole point of the Gitto Law is to make sure players stay in Australia mm. to, to to play for uh, Australia. But I think you've got to you've got to build your resume in Australia anyway before you can go and play internationally. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, you, these these players we're always going to get be getting new talent as well, and 
yeah, I don't know. I we still are going to have superstars in uh, Super Rugby as well. Yeah. So, That's what I, I totally think that way. I go, you scrap the ghetto law and you go, but I keep oh, as a selector and I, as a as a coach, I keep more of my eyes and my belief on Super Rugby. So yeah. if you're playing well in Super Rugby, we're more likely to select you. But it doesn't actually matter. Like I guarantee. Yeah. When you're looking overseas, if you're playing in England rather than playing away from England, chances are you're getting more eyes on you, like from the coaching staff. Again, it's a bigger sport. They've probably got scouts everywhere doing all their homework. But the same with the French team, same with the Spanish. Like, yes, you can play away from home, but probably playing at home is going to give you a better chance to make that score. Because I tell you what, Dave Rennie isn't going to be flying over to Europe every two weeks to watch you play. He'll yeah, be like, exactly. okay, someone has to sit there and watch Will Skelton's highlights. Let's see how Will Skelton's doing. Let's make sure he's doing well. But they're not going to be flying over. Okay, Super Rugby comes around. Guess where Dave Rennie's going? I'm going to Melbourne to watch the Rebels. Yep. I'm going to Queensland to watch the Reds. Oh, we're going to have a camp for 40 players during the middle of the year. But no one from international can come to that camp because they've got their own commitments. Yeah. Okay, cool. They're all super rugby players. They get a step ahead. So well, I go. You look as well at the assistant coaches for the Wallabies, where they've been pulled from. Exactly. The super rugby ranks. Who are they more likely to think highly of? The people from their own teams, from their own competition that they see. It's yep. just, it's just stupid. Like, imagine if, like, uh, we've got the, the the football World Cup going on right now. Imagine if you could only pick a certain amount of players uh, that played outside of your domestic league. Look at the Socceroos. The Socceroos wouldn't have made the World Cup yeah. if they had Far the ghetto law. Spain and France, most of their top players play in the English Premier League, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, I don't know. If it just, I, I it doesn't make sense. There's no other sport. There's no other team, even within the sport, that You're shooting yourselves in the foot. Yeah, you know? like there's no other way. It's frustrating. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> to, to and keep the theme of the podcast yeah, going. <laughs> so I have a lot of sympathy for for Dave Rennie as well, and it's why I had a lot of sympathy for Michael Checker as well. Like you know, he had that like that was always hanging over his head. But then he also had all the other rugby Australia issues as well. So can I just say I I don't know if you've seen the the golden era of Australian rugby YouTube. I, I, I've seen the I've seen a, I've seen the sort of brief overview. I've watched it. Yeah. Skip through it a bit. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 It's all right. It's more. I was amazed when I was doing that. And if you haven't watched it, go and watch uh, one of the more recent videos of where I kind of see if that, what I think that, that we could be going into another golden era and why yeah. we could be there. But a lot of the time, so I went through all the stats and stuff and was reading through all the stats from 1990 to 2003 and how good it was for you Australians. And then from then onwards, and there is this like one point where it all stands out and it's the checker era of like 2015 to when they make the World Cup final and everything plus that. And I'm like, how did he manage that like how like with the squad he had with the the resources he had it is quite a sensational result what he actually got for them so really interesting um looking into that so make sure you watch that i want to briefly touch on because again maybe i know you're frustrated you're frustrated and you know what i am i'm salty yeah okay you're frustrated and i'm salty because i'm salty again now the world rugby awards happened and we all know (laughs) how angry i was last time all right so I'm going to read out the winners of the awards mm-hmm. um, and then I'm going to share some thoughts and then I'm going to read you the team of the year and then I'm going to find a dark corner and then I'm going to cry. Okay. Okay. The award winners, Ruhe DeMant for World Women's 15s Player of the Year. Understandable. She just won a World Cup captain. Men's 15s Player of the Year, Josh Vanderflyer. I don't mind that, uh, but now it questions me why Luquano Arm was even... 
nominated. Yep. So, World's 15th Player of the Year, Artie Savia. Um, Women's 7th Player of the Year, Charlotte Keslick. Yep. Is it he's Charlotte pronounced? Charlotte Keslick. She's fantastic. Golden Girl of Australian well Rugby. Awesome. Yep. Uh, Men's Sevens Player of the Year, Terry Kennedy from Ireland. Again, deserve it as well. If it wasn't going to go to Australia, this kid being yep. fantastic for Ireland. Women's Breakthrough Player of the Year, Ruby Tui. Yeah. Um, and Men's Breakthrough Player of the Year, Ange Cabuzzo. The, yep, yeah, the Italian. Italian. Cappuccino, yeah. Cappuccino. Men's Coach, of the, uh, World Rugby Coach of the Year, Wayne Smith. We talked about how he turned around the team. Mm-hmm. Um the International Rugby Men's Try of the Year went to the Chile Try. I don't know if you've seen that one against USA. It's a fantastic try. Australian oh, were robbed, yeah. though, I must say. Yeah. But I understand the importance of that try. If you had won the game against France, maybe you would have. Um, but, yeah, so those are the big awards um, from 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 the thing, um, from the awards night. Now I'm going to take you through the Royal Rugby Men's 15s Team of the Year. There's not a lot I disagree with, but there is one I disagree with. Well, yeah. I can imagine which one. One, Alice Genge. Yep. He's been fantastic. Two, Malcolm Marks. Three, Tad Furlong. Four, Tad Burney. Five, Sam Whitelock. Mm-hmm. Six, Pablo Martera. Seven, Josh Van, Josh Van der Flyer. Eight, Gregor Aldrit from France. You fucking stupid world rugby! You make me... I come back here again, and I just have to get angry and angrier and angrier. Okay, now, I don't want to take it away from Aldrit. He's... Probably been he has been fantastic, yep. and France has won thirteen games this year, but he has not been better than Artie Savia. And you're stupid if you think if you think he has. Okay, um, Dupont at nine, yep, Sexton at ten, Corbetti at eleven, Freddie Stewart at fifteen, Will Jordan at fourteen. I'm all right with all of those. Uh, Freddie Stewart has been really good this year, and he yep. showed again against he he is actually going to be the problem child. When you play England, like all this talk about Smith, Farrell, and yeah. Freddie Stewart. 12, Damien Dialande, who's been very good for South Africa, and 13, Lakana Arm. Yeah. Jordy Barrett missing this team just leaves me a little bit salty. Yeah. Like, I get he only played one game at 12, and it's probably a bit weird to put him at 12, but I think he's, he deserves to be in that team. That's the only two issues I have. I, I would say as well, if Karevi had been healthy past the sevens and played in the spring oh. tour, I think he would have been in there for a shot at the 12 as well because before his form... Again, the England series was, was unreal. In- incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I don't want to sound like a salty all-black fan, but I am. And I don't want to sound like I'm in love with Artie Savia, but I am. Yes. I was going to say, you don't sound like a salty all-black fan. You sound like a salty Artie Savia lover. Love boy, yeah. Um, I am. And I'm, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm dis- no, I am angry. I'm angry and disappointed yeah. all at the same time. I don't know if Luke's posted this, but he's he's DM'd Artie a few times offering to be his personal uh, tackle bag if he needs it. Uh, um, so, yeah, that's the little <laughs> level we're dealing with here. Just reply to me. Um, <laughs> last few things to finish off with. Portugal yeah. and USA yes. draw 16 all, and Portugal advance because of point stuff now. Yeah. I just want to mention this. Yeah. You said Europeans love a draw. Yeah. How does this game not go to extra time? Like, I get yeah, what they're... qualification. Like, it's yeah. four... It was because it was four pool games, but I... To me, you, they wasted... That was a fuck around. It was a fuck around from World Rugby again. I'm, I'm really attacking World Rugby now, but sort out your rules, sort out your awards, and then sort out your qualification. Yeah, this is the last part of qualification. The only thing I'm happy about with it 
And, I mean, it's not good for rugby that Portugal gone in. It would have been better for the USA. But I'm just happy the USA didn't yeah, get no, in. No, no, no. I'd rather Portugal get in. But yeah, I, it, that's the only part of it you could take any satisfaction from. Four, they play, they, so the four last teams decided to make it a pool game rather than just a straight knockout. And yeah. Hong Kong and Kenya just weren't up to those two levels. So we would have ended this result with one game less yeah. and then just say, hey, it's a dual, like this is a dual die game. It's not about who has the most points in the, who beat Kenya. And like, that's realistically the only reason USA is because they didn't beat Kenya by enough points. Yeah. Like, ridiculous. The fact that the penalty was on the last minute as well, it's just, it just left a, a salty taste in my mouth. I'm salty still. Yep. Now, again, I don't really care. I, I quite think it's quite funny that USA missed out. Um, and I'm ecstatic for Portugal, and they look like an exciting team. I love, we've got Portugal, we've got Chile at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, no Canada and USA, which we've seen run. Yep. Run that script fucking 10 years. Expanding to, expanding the, the pool of world rugby. Exactly. So I'm excited for those games. Uh, I think Portugal actually ended up in your group. They're, yep, so that'll be, uh, hopefully you don't lose to them. Um, and I know you were mentioning, we were talking about injuries earlier. Nick White, HIA. Yeah. Uh, I get, it's hard. Now, he did stumble. It was, a, it was a very small stumble. This isn't like a normal, you know, like a Tua Tungavailoa stumble yeah. or a, a big concussion. But he did show signs of concussion. We mentioned how important it is, head injuries, and was allowed back on the field. Now, he's not playing anymore of the tour, like he's going home So as part of the injury crew. I just sit, I'm like, with all the lawsuits, World Rugby has got to yeah. be slightly disappointed that that occurred. Now, I don't know how it occurred. I'd love, to, I'm sure they'll do a report and some findings yeah. into it. I just wanted to get your opinion as, as you'd mentioned earlier, how important it is in an Australian yeah, fan, I, like what your thoughts was. I, that is one thing I would say I would be disappointed as well in the Wallabies coaching staff for. Because even if they clear the tests, I mean, it's hard to say because you don't know exactly what Dave Rennie's seeing up in the coaching, what's going to happen. But, for me, if I was a coach, I saw a player stumble like that after a head knock. I would say, no matter what the tests are, you're out for the game. And as well, it's not Nick White is a good player, but we've literally got a backup halfback. We legitimately have backups for this reason. This is why you have a reserve bench and everything there, and why you carry uh, an extra half as well. So, uh, yeah, I would have just personally, I would have just pulled him from from the game, yep. no matter what. And I know that's easy to say from literally. An armchair coach. It's very easy to say <laughs> from this position, but yeah, it's when it, when you come to that stuff, it's just like okay, if they're not, it, I I I would be worried about Nick White at that point. And again, if I'm if uh, I'm honest, it's not from a purely altruistic or concern for his health and safety, um, for him as a person either. It's also me thinking about his availability. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like yes, of course, it is important that he is his healthy. And that he is, um, he doesn't suffer any long-term consequ- consequences. But part of my concern as a coach there is like, I don't want him to get re-injured or injure his head again, and he's out for a long period of time, maybe for the World Cup, and I don't have him available and things like that as well. So you do have that brutalistic. I do have that brutalistic look at it as well as what is the risk of him getting re-injured? This could, if it's a head injury, it could be something quite serious. This could lock him out long term. Uh, this could knock him out long term. I don't want to risk it. Just sitting in the rest of the game, have an early shower. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. And again, I'm sure they'll review how they yeah. handled it, and everyone will when there'll be a report done on it. But yeah, it was just one of those. We haven't had many of those incidents before because rugby's been really good with it. Um, yeah. So it was just an interesting point I kind of took from the weekend of rugby. 
One more week of international rugby left. You play Wales, and there's one more game, or there's another game as well. Who else no, plays? We, are we, oh, I was in like I thought you were saying the Wallabies have another game. No, that's our last game. Uh, no ice cream for the Wallabies. Hashtag no, ice cream challenge failed. One and three. England and South Africa. Fuck, I didn't know that game was on. Oh, that's going to be a goodie. Yeah. Shit. All right. Well, five, two good games. Most, battle of the two most whinging fan bases. Yeah, that is going to be brutal. Like, and the if, Facebook comments after that game are going to be incredible. Yeah, and if they have a referee like like the All Blacks, that the, the that shall not be named, yeah. um, they'll be in for a real treat. So the Dark Lord, <laughs> Morgoth's heir, <laughs> the Night King. So yeah, what do you, how do you reckon you'll go against Wales? They just come off the back of a loss to Georgia last time. They lost the game. They bounce back pretty quickly. Uh, I think we'll win, but I think it'll be much like Scotland, where it won't be that big of a win. Yeah, and I guess like all our results will be tight. It's we play, we play up and down to the level of our opponent. Um, and the dangerous thing there is that we don't often enough play up enough to win, and we don't often play down. We often play down too much and lose. It'll be interesting to see what squad you name with yeah. so many players out. Uh, Marky Mark played well in the wing. I'd he like did. To he'll be he'll be back again because Callaway's out. So, yeah. uh, tough tough season. Frustrating for the old Husey and the Wallabies. Yeah. Salty for but me. But it's all right. Look, if fan. this pain means that next year I experience World Cup glory, it'll all be worth it. No yeah. pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Alrighty team, thank you for joining us on this episode of That Rugby Podcast. We will be back again next week to wrap up the end of international season. Yes. And then probably do some awards or some some show like that yeah. afterwards. We'll do something. Because the rugby awards do not know what they're doing, so me and Husey will do it ten times better. Yeah, hundred percent. All right. We'll be back in the uh official sports booth trophy room, uh, <laughs> award ceremony room. And uh yeah. And we'll, we'll kick off another awards. Alrighty. See you later. Peace.